Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. Got a Ramos Bro for our one year of podcasting. Ramos Bro. <laughs> Podiversary. Ramos Bro. Yeah, so it's been a year. We're one year older. God, it's it's weird that it's been a year. This time last year, we're sitting, having margaritas at a Tex-Mex place going, hey, we should start a podcast, and here we are. Well, I was like, hey, I got this idea. I got her drunk first. True. I said, I got this idea. This is what it should be called. And that's as far as it went before we had a P.O. box and a dream. (laughs) Exactly. It came together very quickly, though. I know. Once it started rolling, it was like, and we're recording next weekend. Okay. And that was it. And then Tina Marie happened, and here we are. I know. Honestly. I feel, okay. I'm going to be real honest. Okay. I feel bad. She is the only person I feel bad about calling a cunt. That's very honest of you. And I get why. I get that. We've had, that's actually kind of what I was going to say is, is so much traction on that specific episode. Like we've gotten so many people writing us, emailing us. Uh, messaging us about her. I don't know what it is about her specifically that people have kind of latched onto, but I find it fascinating. All the little tidbits we've been sent about people who've, who've also communicated with her like we have. I'm trying to get an update for everyone. I'm full disclosure. I wrote a letter I have not mailed it yet because I can't get my life together right now <laughs> to even mail a letter. It's written. I hand wrote it. I oh, hand wow. wrote it this time. I didn't type it up. I came upstairs. I got an envelope. They're both in my purse with a, uh, what do you put on an envelope? A stamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, how often do we mail things? Well, so. this is my life right now. My life is kind of chaotic. Um, <laughs> I just have not been able to put those three pieces together to get it in the mailbox. But I'm going to try to get everyone an update because we've had a lot of people asking what has happened and transpired since she wrote us back. After she wrote us, we I wrote her back and she never replied. So... I'm going to try again since we've had so many people asking how she's doing. I think it's a really good idea. And and just so y'all know, we're not writing her for clout. No, we, no, no. At all. We actually, since she wrote back to us, we've been curious. I mean, because you, then you sent one back. Yes. And then ever since then, it's been radio silence for um, a little under a year. Because we got that around June, July? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote her back, and it's been radio silence, so I don't know if maybe something's happened. I mean, 
she's also in the um, medical prison. Mm. So I don't know if something happened, if something's going on. I just want to tell everyone, I personally knew her when all this happened 30 years ago. God, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't 30 years ago. That would have made me 13. Um, <laughs> to, uh, 10, 15? No. What year was it? I was like 18. Okay. Nine, I was 18 or 19. Somewhere between 18 and 19 years old. Okay. So, honestly, like this has been something that has been with me all of this time. And really, all I've ever wanted to know was like... Like, why? What happened? Like, what caused these things to transpire? Yeah. And so, I've always just thought, like, why would you do this? Yeah. And then as a mom, like, how could you do this? Like, when I began, like, it's just like, I don't know if haunted is the right word. I know what you're saying. It's basically kind of stuck around with you, followed it, you through your life. It's like just kind of lived with. It's just kind of lived with me my right. entire life. Right. And so, I just kind of want answers. Yeah. You know. And then, yeah. like, in our first episode when you covered her, I did call her a cunt, but knowing some of the things that we kind of know now, I feel bad about saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do believe that maybe she has some mental health issues and that might have led to what happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know that for a fact. I'm speculating, but I really would like to figure out what happened. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, right? 2020 always. Right. Exactly. 100%. And yeah, I think that, you know... It's easy for us to just say that, you know, because obviously murdering somebody is a cunty move. Let's be real. Anybody, no matter who it is. Well, and especially children. Especially children. So yeah, it, that's why it was an easy, like, this is a terrible thing to do to anybody, let alone your own children. But it obviously, you know, doesn't excuse, of course, that Mm-mm. fact, but the, of, of what you said. So I think it's good that, you know, you know, it's always good to learn and grow from who we were to who we are, even a year later. You know, shit, I know I'm different a year later. But if y'all haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen to our first episode. It's rough, raw. Um, Our video is up on YouTube. In fact, our whole entire first series, um, all the mothers who kill are all up on YouTube. See you next Tuesday podcast. So if you are curious about our beginnings, our first year, it's all there. Oh, it was it was rough, man. Yeah, and then our videos came over here to Patreon, and it's still rough, man. It's still rough. <laughs> it's still rough, man. We're still better. taking, we're still taking the how to podcast classes. Tell me, okay. So I have a controversial thought that came up into my brain. Oh, it has come up into my brain. I just wanted your opinion on this because you're an avid reader. Okay, and it's something I've struggled with off and on throughout my reading life. Okay. Is would you consider listening to an audiobook reading? No. Okay. So when if I say I read a book, but all I did was listen to the audiobook, you'd be like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't read that book. Why? Because 
here's the thing. Most people who listen to the audiobook are doing other things at the same time. And I don't think that you fully, like, listen to the whole book. Uh. Whereas when you sit down and read a book, you absorb the entire thing. Okay. So I feel the same way, but for a different reason. I feel like you have to put the work in of reading the book to read the book. Like you said, undivided attention. Or actually, you know, I think we have do have the same answer. It's just, I'm just saying it in my way. Yeah. Now, I, I don't look, I'm not like looking down on people that only do audiobooks. In fact, I love audiobooks. I find I learn a lot more from an audiobook, an oral, like learning. I'm orally and visually a learner. So when I have to do reading comprehension, I have to sometimes go back and reread and reread because my brain will like start thinking about something else. If I'm listening to something, I, I'm tuning out, I'm doing something else, I'm on my phone, I'm out, I'm out. Got it. So it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And maybe because of my, you know, reading comprehension, because I get distracted when I read sometimes is why I, well, don't read as fast. And also sometimes I'm like, oh, whatever. And I'll just do audiobook. Yeah, I see. That's why I can't do audiobook. Yeah. I have to read the book. I'm just so curious because, I mean, I can also see like, okay, like road trip, right? You have a long road trip ahead of you. You got to do a five hour, six hour, eight hour drive. Fuck it. Throw on an audiobook. What else you got to do? You do that, right? Or would you be like zoning out? No, I wouldn't put on an audiobook. I would radio or podcast. But see, how is a podcast not like an audiobook? If you really think about it. You know, like most books are multiple books in a series, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't have to know what they tell me. Okay, because it's like a pod- podcast is a little more conversational. It's like mm-hmm. I don't need to really think about plot points yeah. or – Okay, that's fair. I was just really curious because you talked to – and by the way, so here's some shout-outs. Talking Shitterature. Oh, yeah. And Chiclet Pod. Check them out. They're phenomenal. Um, all those ladies. A lot. So I wasn't sure if this is like a controversial thing in the community as well, like audiobook versus physical book, you know? No. In fact, um, I think Liz from Talking Shitterature, she listens to a lot of audiobooks. Okay. So Liz, love to know your, your thoughts here because I don't care either way. I feel like if you're absorbing information that is new and different, fiction or otherwise, great. I don't think any books should be banned. I don't think any information should be banned ever. Oh, don't get me started on book banning book. Bullshit. Don't. It's insane. Sorry. <gasps> did, I, did I just like open up a wormhole? Oh my God. Did you see my head explode, everyone? Yes. Yes. Did you hear it? Yes, I did. Yes. <sighs> LeVar Burton has one of the best, best takes on this, which if you don't know who LeVar Burton is, I need him grow most, up. Though. Grow up, mister. <laughs> he was, um, for all us nerds out there, he was Jordy on Star Trek. Um, next generation, or for everybody else who is even older like me, um, he was the man who taught us to love reading from Reading Rainbow. Oh, yeah. He was Reading Rainbow. He's the more you know. He's the more you know. You know that meme all you millennials use, the well, more you know? No, no, no. He wasn't the more you know. That was actually like a PSA for like, I don't know, fucking smoking or some shit. But it did have a rainbow. To your point, it did have a rainbow book. That like folded over, it folded over. I mean, I'm real old and I don't remember a whole lot anymore, so. (laughs) Well, also it was my formative years, not yours. 
Like, this was, like, my, you know, the, the shit that you yeah. see as a kid is, like, very... I was Mr. Rogers. Oh, bless him. I love Mr. Rogers. He always changed his sweater and his he shoes. Would, and he always changed, yeah, his shoes when he came inside. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I always used to wonder, like, why would he do inside shoes and outside shoes? Because you don't want the nasty people dirt in yes. your house. He is such a... He was way ahead of his time. Bless him. He's, like, Dolly Parton to me. If you talk shit or don't like either of those people, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. Get away from me. You're not a good person. If you don't like Mr. Rogers, go fuck yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that is a statement, and we will stand behind that. That is something we will not apologize for. Never. (laughs) Never. I will fight you. Seriously. Street brawl. (laughs) Prison riot. Prison riot fight you. Shanking bitches. Fight you. Prison riot fight. Let's do this. I will buy myself a prison badge. I will put it on. We gonna fight. No, but see, whenever you're shanking them, you have to be, like, one of your hands has to be holding the puppet that the puppet is then holding the knife. One of his, you know, like, maybe the king or maybe the cat. Be the cat holding no, I, the knife, like, shanking somebody. I want to be the princess. No, little princess. Oh, my God. Anyway, so LeVar Burton had this phenomenal... Uh, I don't know, I can't remember if it was on TikTok or his Instagram. I think it was on his Instagram. Message about banning books. And if you haven't seen it, you definitely need to watch it. But we need books out there to learn our own history. Even shitty ones like Mein Kampf, right? I don't like it. I think it's disgusting and gross. But it needs to be there. It needs to exist in a free platform for everyone to read to so we can go yeah we don't want to be like that or repeat that kind of behavior ever again you know what there's plenty of things in this world that I don't like and I don't agree with because they're my own personal opinions and choices but that doesn't mean that I have the right to tell you you can't do it Mm -hmm. I'm sorry yep that's that's not okay yep Actually, this it kind of goes back to your thing from last episode with the tattoos. Exactly right. Like, you wouldn't do that to anybody else. No. And if I did see a skinhead reading Mein Kampf, I'd be like, well, I'm avoiding that human being forever. But yes. I would be like, okay, moving on with my life. You know? I would not sit down next to them oh, God, at no. the taco place. And I would never talk to them ever. I would avoid them in town. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Oh. I have something to say that's a little bit better than this. Please. So I'm going to start something new. I have a new segment for the podcast. It's called Things I Bought from Instagram Ads. <laughs> that I instantly regret? No, that I love. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm two for two. Okay. Okay. Go back to your first one. The first one I bought for Christmas was, is the giant 10 by 10 blanket. Okay, the 10 by 10 blanket, which doesn't come across all our Insta feeds, but I have seen it in person. It's pretty fucking sweet. You've seen it on my couch. You've touched it. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing, y'all. Who doesn't want more blanket? It is amazing. It has solved so many problems in my family's life. Well, because you and Podhubs both want the blanket at the same time. Well, is right? it, it's not that. We have so many blankets in my house. So many blankets. But his problem is, 
we have these throw blankets. His problem is he wants it to cover his feet all the way to his chin. Fair, me too. Yes, agreed. Throw blankets don't do that. No. It's only like a lower half situation, which I've like always wondered, what's the fucking point of a throw blanket? Well, finally being short helps me in life. I don't have that problem. It covers my entire body. Fair. So I don't understand y'all's problem with throw blankets. So I bought this 10 by 10 blanket, which is like 100 square feet of blanket, if you can't do the math. It covers his entire body, and we can share it on opposite ends of the couch. So if you don't want to, like, cuddle up next to your significant other while you share a blanket, this is the blanket for you. I love that. And it's soft and amazing, and it we love it. How many out of five stars would you give it? Ten out of five? Ten out of five. Nice. Okay, what's your second one? It is called the O-Pop. O-Pop-O? Hold on. Oh, my God. Okay, I remember this text where you're like, oh, shit, Podhubs is going to be like, what the fuck did you just buy? Well, I consulted him before I bought it. Oh, you did? I did. Did he know how much it was going to cost? Um, Before you bought it? As I was ordering it... The the cost came up for some reason. It's O-P-O-P-O-P. O-pop-bop. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. O-pop-bop. I had to see it to understand. Ooh, what is that? O-pop-bop. So it's popcorn. Ooh. It's microwave. It's kernel microwave popcorn. So. Oh, it's not even popped, so it's not like, you know, like those tubs you can buy? No, so you have to get the starter kit that you get the container that you have to pop everything in. Oh, it's like a special container? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like um, rubber, but it it condenses, it folds up, and then you expand it, and you put your kernels in. But there's two different types of kernels. One type of kernel has all your flavoring on it, and you just pour it in. The other type is plain kernels with flavor, and you pour the kernels and the flavor in together. Put it in your microwave, and you pop it. This shit is fucking amazing. Dude, stop. We'll make some when we're done. Please, because I have struggled with the sensation of flavorless popcorn in my mouth hole after I have poured salt on it, and it pisses me off to no end. Because, you know, you buy that fucking popcorn salt that's, like, super fine, yeah, yeah, and you're like, yeah. okay, cool, and you sprinkle, 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 and what happens? So what happens? It always bottom of the bowl. So Bitch. they have so many different flavors, and so I bought, you know, the bowl. I got the starter pack with the bowl and kernel pack, like multi-flavor pack because they have different flavors. And then – Is there a cheddar? I don't remember what I got. And then I bought the other kind with the flavor separate in a variety pack. Podhum goes, I can't believe that we are spending $60 on popcorn. Who the fuck spends $60 on popcorn? I go, we do. Purchase now. Yep. Oh, shit. You said that as you were hitting the purchase button? Yes. Oh, my God. Girl. Did he just look at you like, are you serious right now? You did that in my face. He agreed. (laughs) 
He said yes at the beginning, so he knew what he was in for. I mean, come on. Daniel, when you stood at the, at the aisle, at the, at the end of the aisle, looking at this woman, going, yep, this is the one. Do you think he thought this? Do you think he was like, one day, I'm going to be spending... $60 almost. on popcorn. <laughs> a whole day's worth of work of popcorn. Yay! Living my best life. <laughs> okay, the popcorn is really good. Oh, I can't wait, honestly. I'm stoked. First of all, the popcorn is so good. I recommend it. Do you want to know what my next pur- purchase is going to be? Girl, you have them lined up? Fuck yes, I do. Okay. Oh, you know what? My very, my very first purchase may have been my romper. <gasps> Shit, you're right. It was your romper. Girl, you lied to me. And to the cunties. Wow. I forgot about the romper. I know, you did. I did too. Shit, I should have reminded you. But we told the people about the romper a hot minute ago. So this yes. is your third purchase. What's your next purchase? It's going to be the dress with the shorts underneath. Oh, yeah. The uh, oh, oh, la, la, oh, ha. Fuck. I keep clicking on it. The so one it- from TikTok from this time last year for the summer season, they came back around and now it's over on the Instas as well. Okay. Got it. Okay. Hold on. It's um, kind of lacy looking. Oh, wait. No, this is different than what I thought. My bad. Let me see if it pops up because I keep clicking um, shop now so it'll keep popping up. Oh, yeah. I've done that with a few things that I'm like, yeah, I don't need this to keep coming across my feed and yet I kind of want it to every time. I need it to keep coming across my feed because I'm going to buy it. And I keep thinking if I keep clicking on it so it'll keep popping up, the price will keep dropping. <laughs> like when you put something in your Amazon cart. Oh, because then it's like, oh, maybe if we keep reducing the price, eventually we'll find a price point that you'll buy it at. Right. Exactly yeah, gotcha. right. Okay. So I can't, it's, I can't find it. It's not popping up. But it's um, kind of lacy, and oh. it's got pockets, and it's got shorts underneath. Oh, Dude. here it is. Okay, let me see. It's a little different. It's called My Rose Plum, and it's got, like, cute little, like, ruffled shoulders. Oh, yeah, that's cute. And a V-neck. That is cute. That is cute. That peach looks good on her skin tone, by the way, too. Hold on. I have to click shop now so it'll keep popping up. What other... I think I want the blue, though. I think the blue is gorgeous. They have green and yellow. I don't like the green and yellow as much as the blue. And the peach is okay, but... There's black. Black is nice. See, black black is like my standard wardrobe color. And there's white, but Lord knows nobody needs... Amanda does not wear white. Oh. Is it because, you know... I'm messy as fuck. Oh. (laughs) Your reputation goes the other way. <laughs> it's just because I'm messy. Yeah, and I feel everything that. I own is black, so I'm gonna avoid the black, and I'm gonna go the blue. I agree because it's not a navy blue. No, it's like um, it's not a royal blue either. No, it's the blue that's in the color of my rug. I know. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know either. It's beautiful though. It's a very pretty, like medium blue. Muscle will say. I think so. Let's get it. Let's buy it right now. Um, no. Oh, shit. I was fully invested. Are you going to buy one? No, she wants me to buy it. Absolutely. What are you tra- yes, of course I want you to buy it. I'm not going to buy this. Oh. Not targeted to me. 
Oh, my oh shit then is there's ridiculous. the glitter shoes. Oh my god, I love those shoes. Okay, so she found these like brogues, and I know it's Oxford's, not brogues, everybody, but guess what? It's their brogues, and they're super fucking cute. Brogues that have a white heel, a white like rubber heel, Let and me then see if I can find they them. have like yes, please. They're um, lace up, right? And so they also are like pink, and they have like a glitter moment on them, and white. And she, you were like, oh my god, where am I gonna wear this? And I'm like, I don't know, but you need to buy them because they're really fucking cute. They're really cute. They're really cute. I think you should go. Were them. they before or after the Beehaw tattoo? I think they were before the Beehaw tattoo. <laughs> Do we want to talk tattoos again? So uh, here's something. Here's some news from my end of things, finally. Um, I'm pretty boring as fuck, and I don't do much on the weekends, uh, but that's the way I like it. And so I'm finally going to get my sleeve done by, well, the start of it at least, by the gal who did Pod Daughters. Oh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Got to talking, started looking at her shit, and um, yeah, I was like, this is freaking amazing. And she was open for uh, June, so yep, going to be doing that. I'm excited. Yeah, I have one that I want to get. I need to find somebody to do it. I don't want to make the road trip again. Yeah. Oh, the post is unavailable. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you got to save them. I forgot about that. Well, damn. I know. That's okay. But yeah, no, you definitely need to get that next one because that one's really cool. I can't wait. We'll let people be surprised. If we go on any of these adventures together, of course, we're going to film it. We need to get our pod tattoo. Oh, yeah. We will definitely film that for y'all and it'll be everywhere on all the socials when that happens. I think we should go to the Beehaw place. Fuck, are you sure? Are you sure? I don't know, dude. You talking some mad shit on it. Now you want to go there? I mean, they, okay. They did a tattoo that's a bee wearing a cowboy hat that says Beehaw underneath. I mean, it's cute and hilarious. It's a fucking train wreck. Well, yeah. It, yeah. Of course. Maybe, maybe people want that. Maybe people want a train wreck. Speak- I think, I, <laughs> speaking of train wrecks, yeah, speaking have? of train wrecks, <laughs> speaking of train wrecks, let's do this. It's my turn to put us through some collective trauma. Are you ready? Yeah. So I know you don't like the big guys. You know, the, the, the OG. I don't want to say the OGs. What do we need to call? What are we calling these guys? Man cunts? Yes, all of them. But what about the ones that are super cunty? That like the Bundys, the Gacy's, the those guys. Well, I know you're not doing Bundy because he did not kill his family. Nobody does. It does have a daughter. So are you telling me you did Bundy, but he didn't kill her, so you can't do him? Dude, I've done plenty of dads who didn't kill their own kids. Well, that you're supposed to be doing dads that killed their you kids. You just did a dad last week that didn't kill his own kids? Uh, uh, where's the lie? Or their wives. They're supposed to kill their family. What? That's... Girl, you've done plenty of people that haven't killed their own family. Okay. The, the monstro di Firenze. That dude killed lovers on lover's lane. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I forget the rules. 
Me too. I also have a brain issue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing whatever we're going to call these guys, Dennis Rader or BTK. You just don't like following the rules. Bitch, this dude does have a family, and I think he's extremely cunty. Okay. So I'm doing him. I figured I'd do him on our one year, because, I mean, also, a lot of people have done him before. I didn't want to do too part on him. I didn't want to get too into him, because honestly, I hate him. <laughs> I think he's a giant douchebag, like all these guys are. Would he tell me I had something on my arm? He actually would. He is that guy. He's 100% that guy. So you're absolutely correct. So did I dodge a bullet today? Yeah. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, so I got a lot of sources for this one. Wiki, of course. Britannica, Daily Mail, 2022 article, biography.com, Psychology Today, 2022 article by Scott A. Bond, PhD. Maryville University site, last podcast of the left, episodes 59 to 61, and... Another thing that I will note later when it so, comes up. Does this mean we're going to get more hate on social media because you used Wikipedia again? Well, maybe, but it's not the only source. I, I, I do. I, I've actually been, uh, actually have been like doing the whole thing where you kind of compare and contrast between like okay, Britannica versus Wiki. So you know, I, I'm just saying. Yeah. No. Hopefully not. But I. Uh, I do more than one, like, source. So, Dennis Rader, a known Boy Scout troop leader, philatelist, stamp collector, church leader and family man, Dennis Rader made boring his middle name and escaped capture for decades before taking ten lives. BTK is one of the worst killers in U.S. history, so, uh, yeah, let's talk about this asshat. He was born in Pittsburgh, Kansas... There was some debate. Kansas? Yeah, dude. Americans, we're fucking lazy as shit. There's a Paris, Texas. There's a Rome, Texas. Like, we don't don't name anything original. Why would we? It's easier just to steal another name. (laughs) Um, And what's weird is there's some, like, conflicting reports about his place of birth, which I was like, what? I mean, how can that be conflicting? Like, he was either born there or he wasn't. I know. I don't know. But I saw one... Britannical article I, that said Pittsburgh, Kansas, so I went with it. March 9th, 1945, he's a Pisces, to Dorothea and William Rader, and he was one of four. Us Pisces are generally calm people. I know. Well, no, I kind of get real angry sometimes. But here's the thing. That's actually kind of the point of this. You know what I mean? He was raised in Wichita, and he was a latchkey kid. This is something that he grew to resent in his mother, her not being around, so he felt ignored as a child. As a kid, he started harboring sadistic fantasies, including bondage, autoerotic asphyxiation, and he would kill animals. I'm not going to go into the details about how he did it, because it fucking grossed me out. And just so FYI, kinks and bondage in themselves are great. They're fun with your consenting partner. It sounds like she knows... I mean, hey, I think as long as everyone's consenting in the room, get it. You know what I mean? As long as you're not doing anything illegal, great. Go ham. Awesome. But his type of bondage and autoerotic asphyxiation went into a problem area. 
He would also peep on his female neighbors. He stole underwear from them. Oh, can I tell you something about stealing underwear? Yeah. So, my pod son that's in college, have I ever told you what happened? With what? So, his dorm room, he has one of those dorm rooms where it's like a suite. They have a living room in the middle, and then there's a bedroom on one side and a bedroom on another side. And he shares, like, a bedroom and a bathroom with one roommate, and then on the other side, there's two other people. So, on the other side, one of his roommates stole his underwear. What the fuck? He keeps his door locked now. Wait. Is there, wait, is there a communal laundry room too? They have to like go down the hall to wherever the laundry room is. Do you think it was an accident and like a mix up in the laundry? No, because that dude's actual roommate he shared a room with fucking moved out because he's weird. He would find him asleep in his bed. Bro. Yeah, that's fucking weird. That's weird. Oh, good thing he's locking his door. Yeah. After the whole stolen underwear thing. You think? Dude, he's like carrying a can of mace. This dude's going to be like breathing on, you know, um, while he's sleeping, like staring at him sleep like, hey, I saw you were sleeping. And, uh, you know when. I just want to come in here and say hi. You know when you're in college and you do that like random pick of roommates, you never know what you're going to get. Dude, tell me. Damn. So, um, something like that. Yeah, actually, very <laughs> violating, very, very awkward is what Dennis would do. He would mm-hmm. masturbate while wearing his women's clothing, and he fantasized about being trapped and uh, helpless, seeing women in that position of being trapped and helpless in order to get off. So, that was the only way he could fully get off, was to, to, to know that a woman was bound and or helpless against whatever yeah what a douchebag dennis went to kansas wesleyan university a private christian college which now costs around eighty two thousand dollars plus per year to attend i'm sorry how much eighty two thousand dollars and actually i don't think it's per year i think it might be per semester from the website i'm pretty sure that's per semester i'm sorry how much eighty two thousand I know. I heard you. Yeah, I know. That that was today's money. Now, I'm sure back then, when he went, in the 60s, it was not that much. Do they have scholarships? <laughs> oh, yeah. But still, like, the fact that his family sent him and paid for a private university, to me, says that he had a decent upbringing. And from what I understand, the rest of his other siblings didn't complain about their family. It sounded to me like his mom and dad worked their fucking asses off for all their children and had to, he had to be a latchkey kid because that was the only way for them to survive. I mean, who hated being a latchkey kid? I didn't. Well, Dennis. Dennis hated it. I mean, how else were you supposed to have your boyfriend come over after school and make out? <laughs> exactly. You can't if mom's is there. <laughs> How else are you supposed to 15-second microwave ice cream and have an ice cream sundae immediately whenever you get home from school? I mean, make out with your boyfriend. We had different priorities. 
Yeah, we did. <laughs> so Gary is Gary. I'm comparing him to Gary Ridgway because honestly, in my brain, these two people are synonymous. I'm thinking about making out with my middle school boyfriends now, and I'm like, <laughs> and now I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? And then I'm also thinking about that one time my mom came home early and he had to go out the back door, use the trash can to get over the fence and run down the street. <laughs> Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> Did you ever see him again? Oh yeah. I get it. Because we didn't get caught. You didn't get caught? No, if we'd gotten caught, I would have never been able to see him again. Wow. That's a skill. Girl, I'm good. Yeah. Truly. So, Dennis was <laughs> raised in a family that wasn't like a lot of our are other killers, right? There's no massive physical, mental, sexual abuse. But did he hit his head? To my knowledge, no. But simply because we don't know much about his childhood, like, in that way. So um, we don't know if he was a bedwetter? We don't, yeah. The McDonald triad? Not sure. And honestly, like I said, I have heard a lot about this motherfucker, and I just, oh, He's tedious, is the, is the word for him. Tedious. He went into the Air Force from 1966 when he was 20 to 1970. Again, like a lot of our killers. Again, but also because that was a time frame of like Vietnam and, you know, a lot of people were drafted or went into service. Um, other thing I noticed is I'm, I'm also thinking is after doing a lot of these guys, I think part of it might be a way of if they had a bad childhood escape, or a way to where it kind of sanctioned the killing that they themselves wanted to do. I mean, a lot of people had bad childhoods and didn't fucking kill people. I'm so over that excuse. Yeah. No, 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 I know. I just mean like, I just find it interesting a lot of these guys served in some sort of military capacity or put themselves into the military because I think it also gave them a way to commit crime, but in a state-sanctioned way. Like, they were a little too into the killing, where even people were like, hey, man, chill, you know? But what's so funny is, like, people like Bukowski and, and all these other guys rarely, if ever, saw combat. Like, they would usually be, like, sent to some supply closet or some shit to do, like, admin, you know? <laughs> so it's They like, would be, okay. like, the um, Band-Aid counter. Yeah, exactly. Here you go. Here you go, Dennis. You stand right here. Good job. You count how many Band-Aids... Or in that box. <laughs> exactly. So um, he was discharged in four years. He moved to Park City, a suburb of Wichita, and got a job at the supermarket at the meat department. After attending a community college in Wichita State University, he majored in, get this. Accounting. No, thank God it's not John Lust. Administration of justice. Oh, so he's going to learn how to get away with it. Yep. He got a degree about, quote, educating students on the intricacies of the criminal justice system. I love that. Yep. According to Maryville University. So again, he was like a lot of other serial killers. He's a study of true crime and not just a, stu a student of true crime. This motherfucker went all the way into that field to know, okay, what can I, can I not be prosecuted for? Um, that's not why we're doing this, um, FBI. No. God, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact... Are you hiring? <laughs> like, oh, FBI. Here's what I want my job to be. This is my dream job. Ready? 
I want to be the person that reads the mail coming in and out of the prison. <sighs> like where you can redact it and shit? Yeah. Or send it back because it doesn't make meet the rules. Ooh, I like that. I didn't, is that a thing? You can be that person? Yeah, that's one of the people who works at the prison. They read. They have to read all the mail to make sure it follows the rules and that nothing's being smuggled in through the mail, or it's not written in code giving instructions, like for gangs and stuff. How would you know, though, if it's like the first letter you read? It could be like a series of many, but it could be like the middle of the code, so how would you know? I don't know. I'm sure they train you. FBI, I want that to be my job. That is my 100% dream job. Really? Yes. Seriously, at FBI. (laughs) Oh my God. So speaking of, did you know the FBI has a TikTok? No. And it's private. (laughs) Shocking. Yes. Yes. Why why is it, why, A, if you have a TikTok, why is it private? Because it's the fucking government. Of course it's fucking private. So why have it then? I don't know. The whole point of TikTok is for me to be able to see it. Well, then you, you can follow them and then you can see their shit. But I found it because they commented on, a, on one of the people I follow's TikToks. And I was like, why is the FBI commenting on this? This is like a food post. And then I was like, wait, they have a TikTok that's verified? I was like, no. So either it's somebody who figured out how to gain the system, like that guy who pretended he was Donald Trump did, which hilarious. On TikTok, it was not Donald Trump, but, or it's really the FBI, which I think it's really the FBI because if other people are on there, like the WAPO and everybody else, maybe it is hilarious. Anyway, let's get back in. Guess what I'm going to do right now. Are you serious? I'm going to follow the fucking FBI on TikTok. (laughs) It's insane. It's FBI.gov. So it's at FBI.gov. So yeah, if you're curious, mm. So Dennis, again, so Dennis is doing all the things. This is, this is my perception of, of Dennis is, um, I was going to find the FBI and then I opened my TikTok and I have roller skaters. Oh, I love roller skating TikTok. It's so relaxing. Oh, it's, oh, it's turbo a TurboTax ad. Ew, boo. But look. That's pretty sick. He was swinging her around. She's Sorry. Cool. Yeah, no. Um, so Dennis is one of these guys who has these sexual fantasies living underneath the surface of the appearance of normalcy, wife, kids, military service, you know, we're just going to like, we're going to John list it. We're just going to push it all down. Just push, push, push it all down. But unlike John list where everything implodes and he murders his entire family, Dennis decides on a different course of action. So yes, he did get married to a woman. Uh, I don't know much about her. And honestly, I want to leave her the fuck alone because she's been through enough. And they've had two children. Again, I'm not going to say their children's names. They've been through enough. From 1974 to 1988, Dennis got a job working at ADT, the home security company. And it didn't take long for him to start acting on the urges that he had since he was a kid. The Otero family lived a pretty normal life in Wichita until Dennis came and destroyed it all on January 15th, 1974. He murdered the entire family. Dad, Joseph, 38. Mom, Julie, 33. Joseph, Jr., 9. And Josephine, 11. He really liked the Jays. I mean, it's... 
Like the Duggars. It's like, yeah, it's like the Duggars a little bit, yeah. Oh my god, which one is it? Um, it's whichever one has the little check mark behind it. Oh, maybe it's gone. Weird. Hmm. Hold on, what's it holding in? Yeah, it was like FBI. Just type in FBI and just see what comes up there. Now I'm wondering if it was a fever dream. Did it have one too many gummies? That's also a possibility. I did take a screenshot. So I would be like, ah, it does exist. It had a check mark? It did. I don't have one with a check mark. Okay. I'll take a, I'll show you after and make sure I wasn't completely going insane. Okay. So he suffocated Joseph the dad and Joseph Jr. with the plastic bag. He strangled Julie the mom and hanged Josephine the little 11-year-old girl by a rope in the basement. They were found by their older siblings who were out that day. And obviously it was a horror show. So, I mean, the fact that he annihilated an entire family. Like, I just think, I mean, I've seen the guy. He's not that, he's not built or anything. But I'm sure whenever he decided to do this thing, just like anything, you, the adrenaline kicks in, you kind of get this urge and your strength. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he did it. Obviously, he must have had a gun, like, because I know, like, my husband would not allow that to happen. I'm sure Joseph fought the... F- I'm sure he took out the dad first. He had to have. He well, had to have. If you take out my husband, you're gonna... Then you gotta deal with your ass, which I'm actually I mean, scared I might of be you little- more than... <laughs> I'm more scared of you. I'll be real honest. I love you. But if you were coming at me... That's a fucking wild card, man. You'll go eyes, teeth, hair. You don't give a shit. You don't come for my family. No. That is rule number one. Exactly. You don't come for my family. I mean, I just, I just, this one really got to me. Also because it was the, this is his first one, dude. His first one. Well, now. Uh, That we know of. That we know of. Yes, exactly. I don't think, like, this is what he does out the gate. Right. Yes. So. And obviously the cops in Wichita had never dealt with anything like this. This is the 70s. Wichita still is, I mean, it's a, it's a large city, but it's a kind of a small town. So it's not like, oh, yeah, there's serial killings all the time, you know. And they were like, how the hell? The community was shocked. Um, and the, they had little to go on. Again, DNA didn't exist, or they, they knew that someday it could, but, like, how do we compare, contrast? Like, like that... Fucking amazes me that the whole DNA issue situation that, like, they saved DNA because they were like, mm, one day this might be important. I'm like, the fuck? Really? I know. I thought that was fascinating, too. Like, I th- I'm sure it's one of those things where it's like, right now we don't have the capacity, but I know someday we might. So I'm just glad whoever had the foresight or forethought to do it in these cases. Thank you person this is what gets me about this there's like oh there's a lot of things about this but dennis was again an adt rep so he he's the guy who goes to your house and installs your system keep that in mind everyone when you get a security system installed seriously and the people he was installing the systems for around this time would be like man that murder's crazy huh he's like i know right he was like that's so crazy so what's your password Seriously. Like, I was just like, that would be so creepy. Could you imagine then seeing him on the news and be like, wait a minute. That 
was our fucking ADT guy? I, I mean, would be terrified. I would be calling like Vivian. I mean, like, I'm sorry. I'm going to need someone to put in a new security system. Yeah. And can you make sure you don't send the murderer? Yeah. Anybody but that guy, please. Jeez. So about two and a half months later, on April 4th, 1974, Dennis decided he was going to take out someone he used to work with. 21-year-old Catherine Bright. Catherine came home with her brother Kevin with Dennis inside her home with a gun. So I don't think that Dennis knew that her brother was going to be with her because he was thinking, oh, I'll just, you know, one and done it. And then all of a sudden now he's got the brother in the mix. Kevin... Bless you. He fucking fought. He fought and fought and fought. And got shot in the fucking face. Survived. And is thriving now. Bless you, Kevin. I'm sure you've been through extreme trauma from this. Catherine did not, unfortunately. Kevin doesn't remember much from the incident, obviously. Because, I mean, you get shot in the face. So there's some brain damage, but also it's extremely traumatic. Well, yeah. But I can only imagine how much unfortunate survivor guilt he probably dealt with. I just can't even imagine that whole situation. It's just like everything that Raider does is so twisted. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so maniacal. Ugh, it's just disgusting. Raider then went on to kill Shirley Relford in March 77, then Nancy Fox in, 70, in December of 1977. In 1978, he started getting more bold by calling a local TV station, saying that he was responsible for all the murders. They traced the call, way to go actual police work, to a public library, where then they found a letter in a book that suggested names that he would like to be called, including the one that stuck, BTK or Bind, Torture, Kill. I mean, you shouldn't allow him to pick his own name. Dude, it's like you can't pick your own nickname. No, that's like me going, hey, Jess, I want you to call me. I don't even know. Savannah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know why that name came up. But no, you know who else did that? Fucking Son of Sam. Yeah. That asshole. You let the press pick it. Yeah, dude. Or Zodiac. Zodiac did that too, remember? Because he actually wanted to be called like the Crosshairs Killer or something weird like that. No, you let the press pick your name, y'all. Exactly. But again, this is narcissism. He's like, hey, so just to let y'all know, whenever I want to be referred to, you can refer to me as these names in the news. And also, I did all that shit. Like, thank that you was so much. <sighs> so during all this time, again, He's his kid's scout leader. I mean, first of all, I've always been sus of the scouts, girl and boy. Just saying. So there's that. He was also a Lutheran church leader. Well, we all know how I feel about why, the church. Why, why are two of my killers on the Lutheran church list? Three, actually. What's happening? Am I going to murder someone? What's wrong with us Lutherans? Hello? You know how much I love you? <laughs> it's because we're based out of Germany? Is that where it's coming from? Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, do you the remember? Germans are actually extremely kind, wonderful people. So what the fuck? You know that screenshot I sent you that had the culty vibes? Yeah. Church post. Ah. Yeah. 
I mean, I just, I don't understand it. I, I was just like realizing that the other day. I was like, wait, three of these people are losing. <laughs> like, what is happening? And, and what, what really bothers me is he was known at the time as normal, polite, of and course. well-mannered. Of course. So apparently all you got to do for him and to be Gary Ridgway is just have the appearance of being normal, polite, and well-mannered. So everyone knows that I'm not going to murder anyone because I've never been described as any of those things. <laughs> Cold-hearted, no-soul, bitch, cunt. Those have been the words used to describe me. And that's why you're going to hell. <laughs> and I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Funny story. <laughs> the other day at work, somebody said, well, there's no classes in heaven. Meaning like, you know, because I was being judgy. And without a beat, I said, well, that's a good thing I'm not going there. <laughs> Nice. You know. I mean, she's got to learn. You'd think after as many years as I've worked there, they would know. Seriously. So, as we already know, Dennis Raiders already think, he thinks a lot of himself. He thinks he's the shit. They all do. Of course. And he also thought he was a poet. Because he wrote these insanely incredible poems, which I'm going to regale you one. No, right now. I want to go online and buy it. No, you don't. I was kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, trust me. Um, it's called, and I have the link to this. No. Oh, Death to Nancy. No. <clears throat> Stop. What is that? I can see. He misspelled that. T-A-H-T. Cold icy hands taking hold of me. For death has come. You all can see. Hell has opened its gate to trick me. Oh, death. Oh, death. Can't you spare me over for another year? I'll stuff your jaws till you can't talk. I'll bind your legs till you can't walk. I'll tie your hands so you can't make a stand. And finally, I'll close your eyes so you can't see. I'll bring sexual death unto you for me. There you go. That is his um, epic poem. Oh, Death to Nancy. Thanks for that. You're welcome. That was the same one that last podcast guys uh, did too. It's just, I couldn't not do it because yes. it's so fucking good. You really could have it's horrendous. not done that. You're right. It's awful. You, you really. But he thought that was good. He was like, hell yeah, that is my opus. That is my fucking. Rock, rock enough, Final Symphony, whatever the hell, like Symphony 5, like this is my shit. I did it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. We could have lived without that. Yeah. So in February of 1978, the cops finally went public with the fact that there was a strangler in the Wichita area, and the police chief said, quote, we have no reason but to believe the individual has the capacity to kill again. Oh, uh, you think? I mean, I appreciate the honesty, but then it's like, so then what are you going to do about it? Are like, you just going to sit around and wait for it to happen again? Like, are you going to set up a tree app? That's your job? Are you going to sabotage Maybe? him? Well, they did actually uh, put together a task force. I'll get to that in this next paragraph. Unfortunately, he did actually kill again, and, but some escaped, like Anna Williams in 1979 which completely infuriated him. 
Good job, Anna. Hell yeah, Anna. Watch your back, girl. He wrote a poem called, quote, Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Oh, Anna, you silly goose. Yeah, what's your fucking problem, Anna? I was supposed to kill you today. Come on. Why didn't you just let me kill you, girl? The cops then released the recording of his phone call to them to try to get a tip from anyone because, like, they literally have nothing to go on. They have nothing to go on. He's giving them nothing. And they form a task force in 1984 called, what do you want it? What's your guess as to what they call this shit? 1974, right? 84. 84. Think of the 80s. Think of like movies at the time. I don't know. Ghostbusters. They called themselves the Ghostbusters. No. Yes, they they didn't. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. Because he's a ghost, see? So they're trying to bust. Uh, no, uh-uh. uh uh-uh. I yeah. do not accept. Oh, it's worse than his poetry. I don't I accept that. that. No wonder they couldn't fucking catch him. <laughs> I know. It's like Barney Fife. <laughs> Was Barney Fife the lead investigator? Dewey from fucking Scream. <laughs> what the I'm fuck like... is happening? So, unfortunately, he, like I said, he did have other successes. Like, of course he did, because yeah. they had fucking Barney Fife trying to find him. Yeah. Maureen Hodge, I'm, I'm, I think it's Maureen, um, Hedge, excuse me, 53, was found alongside of the road in 1985. And for this one, he got really brazen because he took her body to his church, Christ Lutheran, and posed her in many bondage positions and took photos. Yes, because he knew Barney wasn't going to catch him. He stored black plastic sheeting at the church beforehand so, I mean, obviously planned. And then he dumped her body on the side of the road. He even had a code name for this plan called Project Cookie. I don't understand the cookie part, but I, okay. I don't either. But what a fucking asshole. Uh, yeah. And this is just along the lines of a lot of other of his bullshit. He loved to play with the police and the community. He would leave a bowl of cereal out on the counters of some of his killings. Do you get it? Because he's a serial killer. Yeah. It's, so it, basically, I ran into the BTK killer at the Toggle place. Yeah. He, he, that's the worst dad joke ever. No, the worst dad joke ever was the fact, hey, you go something on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this strategy worked. He was hiding in plain sight. Because another man was suspected for one of his other murders, Bill Weggerly, the husband of Vicki Weggerly, after she was found dead in her bedroom in September of 1986. I mean, it's normally the spouse. Yeah, they didn't connect the two, which, I mean, I get. But at the same time, I would also go, there also is a serial killer on the loose. Maybe the husband didn't do it this time. You know what I mean? Yes. He then kills Dolores Davis in his usual way in January of 91 and disappears for 13 years. Until 2004, when the Wichita Eagle newspaper printed a Where Are They Now style article about him for the 30th anniversary of the killing of the Oteros. Can we stop celebrating anniversaries of serial killers, everyone? I totally agree. When I read that, I was like, 2004 was definitely a different time, but it doesn't excuse it. We don't need this. We do not need this. They need to die in obscurity. 
That's what they need because they want this shit. He wants this shit in the news. Don't give it to him. Just don't. That's what he threw. Mass shooters. Let's stop saying their names. Agreed. Say it once at the beginning. It was this person. They did this thing. And then that's it. And we're done. Because they they feed on that. They love it. And that's why people continue to do it. I mean, yeah. One of the, one of the reasons for sure. Because the notoriety. Just it's my ridiculous. Opinion. Just my opinion. No, for sure. And in other countries like Europe, they've actually, it's, it's the, they only say the victim's name and they don't say the perpetrator's name. I agree with that 100%. Same. But I agree with a lot of things that they do in Europe. Yeah, that's valid mm-hmm. too. So Dennis saw this because again, he's a narcissist and of course he's going to, he's probably has, had he had that at the time, Google alerts set up for himself. He, he was that guy. So he was like, you know what? Let me give the people what they want. So he started writing to the newspaper, announcing his return. Oh, goody, goody, come drops. I know. But, like, did he really stop? Yeah. Like, I don't, like, that blows my mind. Like, yeah. how do you kill all these people and just decide, mm, I'm going to stop? So one theory, again, from my last podcast on the left guys brought up, which I think is astute, I, I kind of agree with it, is... He thought he was the ultimate serial killer, even better than Bundy and all the other guys, because he had enough control to stop. See what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm I'm not like those guys. I actually have self-control. Oh, so like an alcoholic right. enters AA and goes to meetings and stops. Exactly. Or another theory is he just got busy with actually being a dad and doing family shit and it just didn't happen. Um, I do know there were extensive research. There was extensive research done during for that time period. So they're like, okay, surely he had to slip up at least once, do something. They couldn't find anything. They haven't been able to find anything. So Maybe he moved to another country. Maybe. I mean, like the, any number of things could have happened in that time frame. I don't think the other country, I think he was still in the area, but... I don't know. Who knows? All of this tomorrow, there might be a news story breaking that all of a sudden he, we found five more bodies of, you know, BTK. But at this point, it's just this. But um, 2004, in March, he sent Vicki Weggerly's driver's license to the Wichita Eagle, along with photos of her dead body, to send a message that he was still around, obviously boosting his ego. And this was the crime that Vicky's husband, Bill, was under suspicion for. Now, luckily, the cops did not convict or jail Bill. Thank God, because unfortunately, it may have gone a lot worse for him. The reason they didn't is because shock among shocks, they didn't have enough evidence. Well, yeah, because he didn't do it. Right. And then in May 2004, Dennis sent a TV station, get this, chapter titles to his future biography. Uh. A fake ID, don't get that. And he find the word puzzle with clues that he made. He made this like little find a word puzzle. Clues like fantasies. And when the puzzle is fully solved, um, people, because of course people love this shit and they solved it because they had to. They found his name, Raider, and his street address in the puzzle. Who is stupid enough to do that? Dennis Raider. Well, it was rhetorical. I mean, but that's, but no, I know, but, but that's my point is like, he is this brazen and he actually kind of is right because he is getting away with it still. So he is being fed a a truth in a way. (laughs) In 
Okay, so get this. In December 2004, he puts random messages across the city in a garbage bag with Nancy Fox's driver's license in it and a Barbie doll that was, like, all bound up. In January 2005, Dan- Dennis left a cereal box in the bed of someone's truck at Home Depot, and the dude saw it and threw it out because he was like, what the fuck is this? He did it again, and surveillance captures, captures a black Jeep Cherokee leaving the parking lot. So... He's not killing at this time, thank God. It seems that instead he just wants the recognition for the shit that he did 13 years ago. And so he keeps leaving these clues and messages all around and writing to police. He sent a letter to the police asking if they can trace him via a floppy disk. Like, can you trace this? Is there any way that you can get metadata or anything off of this to find me? And the cops looked at each other and were like, no. Dude, no, 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 no. You can send us that floppy disk. It's cool. It's chill. Yeah. So he sent them the floppy disk, which they were easily able to trace the metadata on to Christ Lutheran Church, and the document was last edited by Dennis Rader. Of course it was. They Googled him, saw he was the leader of the church, and that he drove a black Jeep Cherokee, and they knew he was the dude. But the good thing is that they wanted to make fucking sure he was the dude. They do not want him going free for some stupid technicality, so they needed more evidence. They obtained DNA from some of the crimes of BTK and from his daughter's pap smear. Oh, what? Okay, so I get it, but I'm a, I feel a little violated on her behalf. Did she approve of this? I don't I mean, isn't know. there HIPAA laws? I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming... Did they have a warrant? I, I'm assuming, yeah. They would have to have had a warrant for DNA, yes. But then how... Do they... That's, that's my question. Do they ask her or her doctor? Or both? They had to have. I mean, if right? they asked her, couldn't they just do a cheap swab? I don't know. I know, because I'm with you. I'm like, wait, so they just were like, eh, we're just going to like find some familial DNA. This will work. Like... Um, I have so many fucking questions I know. right I, now. I I did not get any answers to that because I also was like, I, I like I wouldn't mind my pap smear DNA being going going to like solve crimes. I have no problem with that. But ask me, you right? I mean, maybe they had a warrant for DNA, and that was the only one in her medical file. Do you mm. see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's possible. Like that's that's a really good point. I don't know. It's just like other things I learned. Like, for instance, did you know that if you're having a pap smear, they actually don't have to ask you to bring another like medical student in the room. If you're under anesthesia and they're doing it, they don't have to ask you pre-anesthesia. Hey, by the way, do you mind if we have more than one person looking at you? No. Yeah. They always have. Yeah. No. And same here. I've always had that experience. Thank God. But the laws are set up to not favor you. Is what I'm saying. Hold on. Not during a pap smear, but when I was in the ICU, um, I was at a teaching hospital, and when they came in, they just brought in all their students. Right. That That's it. Like, can you imagine, though? Same idea where I'm, I'm all for teaching hospitals. And in fact, my OB, like at the time, was like, hey, I actually do have a student. Do you mind? He asked me, which I was like, oh, I don't care. But I feel like you should be asked. Like, hey, do you mind if we look at your, you know what I'm saying? Or at least be, be aware that it is a teaching hospital. Yeah. 
I don't know. I thought that was a very interesting way to get familiar DNA. I, mean, I never heard of that before. You, when I did my spinal tap, too, at, when I was in the ICU, th- th- there was a room full of people because it was the teaching hospital. They just brought them all in. Dude. <sighs> and I actually think, like, one of them may have helped with the spinal tap. I don't remember. It was really? a very traumatic time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Dude. Can't even imagine. So, obviously, through all of this evidence, February 25th, 2005, Dennis Rader was arrested after leaving a workday lunch with his wife, and he later confessed after they showed him the DNA. And he was really upset that the cops had lied about the floppy disk because he's a very delicate flower. Very mad. Listen here, misters. I would have said this, but I'm very mad at you lying to me about the floppy disk. Of course. Mm. I'm so mad. Poor baby. I'm so mad that you lied. How dare you? I thought we were, like, friends. I thought we were friends and you would tell me the truth. Seriously. How dare the police lie about something like that? He waived his right to a preliminary hearing, smartly, and pleaded guilty to 10 counts of first-degree murder. Here's why. This was the best deal that his lawyer could get him. And he was not dumb enough to go, I'm not guilty. Was it a public defender or a paid lawyer? I'm not quite sure, but his lawyer was like, look, dude, you just, just, just fucking plead guilty. Trust me on this. Okay. Just plead guilty. So you don't get the death penalty. Like that's all you got to do. Um, he was charged with 10 consecutive life sentences and his wife was granted an emergency divorce and she fucking left him immediately. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, bye. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I'm out. Seriously. According to Psychology Today, by uh, an article by Dr. Scott A. Bond, Dr. Tarni- Tony Ruark, a, for- a forensic psychologist who analyzed Dennis, said that at some point in his childhood, he must have had some key event where he tied sex with violence, and this is what made BTK. And while Dennis never admitted this, from the research I've done for the podcast, it seems pretty common for serial killers of his type to tie these two together. Psychologist Robert Mendoza, who evaluated Dennis in 2005, diagnosed him with antisocial, narcissistic, and obsessive-compulsive personality disorders. And unfucking fortunately, Dennis Rader is still alive today and is 76 years old, older than any of his victims were. His victims are Joseph Otero, 39, Julia Maria Otero, 33, Joseph Otero Jr., 9, Josephine Otero, 11, Catherine Doreen Bright, 21, Shirley Ruth Vian Relford, 24, Nancy Joe Fox, 25, Maureen Wallace Hedge, 53, Vicki Lynn Weggerly, 28, and Dolores Erlene Johnson Davis, 62. So that is the crazy case of one of the most tedious, awful people in the world, Dennis Rader or BTK. Thanks for that sunshine on this bright day. (laughs) You're so welcome. So, transition. Kidding. No, that is, uh, that's BTK. Yeah, that was terrible. I know. He's a fucking asshole. I mean, they all are, but I think for me, him and and Gary Ridgway are just so, like, I I think it's the righteous indignation they have against... Everybody else, they feel like they're the only ones who have unlocked life and they figured it all out. And all the rest of us are like, 
asshats or something. I don't know. It just bothers me. Well, I me. have the exact opposite of that. Fantastic. Please take us there. I have Dick and Judy Hoyt. Sounds familiar. You might actually know them, but... Okay. So Dick and Judy gave birth to a son, Rick, in 1962 in Holland, Massachusetts. And due to oxygen, oxygen deprivation to the brain at birth... Rick was diagnosed with spastic quadriplegic with cerebral palsy. Oh, honey. So Rick's brain could not send the correct messages to his muscles. And this was 1962. So guess what was recommended to Dick and Judy? Medicine? Oh, no, (laughs) shock treatment. If you guess take him home and love him regardless of his disability, you're fucking wrong. Oh, no. It was recommended to institutionalize Rick because there was no chance of him recovering and living a quote-unquote normal life. Oh, the 60s, you sucked big fucking balls. Rick's parents were like, nope, not gonna do it. And they took him home and held on to hope that one day Rick would be able to communicate because his eyes would follow them around the room. So they knew, like, Rick was not... I don't want to say stupid. That's not the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, he actually was... Basically, the only way I can explain it is he was in there. Like, it was his body that was shut down, not him. He had all the intelligence. He has cerebral palsy, and luckily his parents saw that in the 60s. He had a physical disability, not a mental one. Yes, exactly. So, his parents, um, Dick and Judy, were like, Go fuck yourselves. I'm taking my kid home. Because I know he's not what you say he is. Correct. So um, they would take Rick to the Children's Hospital in Boston every week where they met with a doctor who actually encouraged them to treat Rick like any other child, which is fucking amazing in the 60s, first of all. Yeah, very progressive. Yes. So I love that doctor. I wish I knew what his name was. And so that's what they did. And Judy spent hours every day teaching Rick the alphabet with sandpaper letters and posting signs on everything in the house. And before long, Rick learned the alphabet and Dick and Judy began a crusade for Rick to be included in the community and sports and education and hopefully one day a workplace. I love that. One of the biggest fights was to integrate Rick into the public school system. So he was born in 62. So by this time, you know, it's almost the 70s. So you know that the school system was like, "Mm, we don't know that we can help him. So in order to get the school administration to look beyond Rick's physical limitations... Dick and Judy had to take Rick out to do all the things that all the other children could do, like sledding and swimming, which they did, and Rick loved it. And then the next thing they had to do was prove that Rick was just as smart and had the ability to learn like everyone else. They did that. So the final obstacle to get Rick in school was find a way for Rick to be able to communicate for himself. And in 1972, with $5,000, which oh my God. today would be $33,918, Whoa. Whoa. 
and, ama- and an amazing group of engineers at Tufts University, they built an interactive computer for Rick. What? Are you serious? Yes. That's fucking sick, dude. So the computer had a cursor that would highlight every letter of the alphabet. And once the letter Rick wanted was highlighted, he was able to select it by tapping his head against a headpiece attached to his wheelchair. Oh my God. Rick. I love that. 1972. Holy crap. They created this technology for him. Wow. So I love this part. So like this next part, I love it so much. I can't even tell you. So when the computer was first brought home, Rick's first words, they were not, I love you, mom or dad, you're the best. You want to know what they were? Hmm. They were go Bruins. The Boston (laughs) Bruins were in the Stanley Cup finals that year. And it was obvious at that moment he loved sports and was following along the games like everyone else was. I love you, Rick. That is fucking cool, man. How amazing is that? Oh, my God. And I love that he's like a Bruins fan through and through. He's like, oh, Bruins, you know? Like, like those were his first, yeah. like, quote-unquote <laughs> words. Like, not like... <laughs> like, oh, my God, thank you so much, Mom and Dad. He's like, go Bruins. God, <laughs> a more Boston thing has never happened. <laughs> like... <laughs> I love that. Like, Truly. I love that so much. Yes, that's great. So at age 13 in 1975, Rick was finally admitted into public school. Oh, thank you. After high school, Rick went on to Boston University. And in 1993, he graduated with a degree in special education. In 1995, Dick retired from um, as a... Lieutenant Colonel from the Air National Guard after serving 37 years. So you th- you think that this is what makes Dick my trophy dad, right? Well, yeah. It's right? pretty huge. Because, like, Dick and Judy didn't institutionalize Rick. They took him home. They fought to get him in public school. They had this computer made. He graduated college. That makes him the trophy dad, right? Yeah. Well, cunties, my friends... You're fucking wrong. There's more. I'm going to tell you about Team Hoyt. Team Hoyt? Mm-hmm. What is that? In the spring of 1977, Rick asked Dick if they could run a race together to benefit a lacrosse player at his school who had become paralyzed. Wait. Wait. I'm sorry. Rick, who has cerebral palsy, uh-huh. asked his dad. Mm-hmm. If they could run a race to raise money for a kid who became paralyzed. Right. Dude. That's incredible. Because Rick Rick wanted to prove that life went on no matter what your disability was. I, uh, snaps. Like, I I love Rick. I love Rick so much. Seriously, (laughs) this dude is incredible. So, there was just a teeny tiny problem. Dick was 36 at the time and not a runner. But Dick, being Dick, agreed to push Rick's wheelchair the full five miles. And after the race, Rick told his dad, and I'm quoting, Dad, when I'm running, it feels like I'm not handicapped. After the first race, Dick started running every day with a bag of cement in a wheelchair because Rick would be at school or otherwise unable to train with him. 
So Dick was able to improve his fitness so much that he was able to achieve achieve a personal record of a 5K in 17 minutes while pushing Rick. That's okay. That's incredible. I have run a a 3K or 5K. Yeah, 5K, which is 3.1 miles. Uh, just using my, my legs and I did it in 40 minutes and that I was like, all right, that's not great. This motherfucker did it with a sandbag full of con, what is it? Sand or concrete? So he did a 5k in 17 minutes while pushing Rick. That's insane. The, The dude is, is killing it. So not only is Rick killing it, his dad is also a superstar here. And his mom fully supporting all of this and helping him read. My God. So over the next three and a half decades, Team Hoyt set, met, and surpassed their own goals as well as the expectations of others by running all these different races. Okay, this is how I know them. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Love this. So in 1981, they finished their first Boston Marathon. Then, four years later, on Father's Day, they did something that no one thought they could ever do. They took on a triathlon. Dude. This is a one-mile swim, a 40-mile bike ride, and a 20-mile run. So, that's... So, how? let me tell you how they were (laughs) able to complete this. Um, Dick pulled Rick in a specialized boat with a bungee cord wrapped around his waist... For the biking portion, they used a two-seater bike with a custom-made seat. And for the final portion, Rick was pushed in his athletic chair. Mm-hmm. Um, Team Holt um, has competed in the Ironman Triathlon in Kona, Hawaii six times. This competition is a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike ride, and a 26.2-mile run. I... I don't get Ironmans. Bless y'all for doing them. But holy shit. So not every time they competed in the Ironman was it Sunshine and Roses. The first time Dick got sick. Then in 2003, their bike crashed and they spent five hours in the hospital that left Rick with stitches on his face and Dick with road rash. Oof. Um... So Team Hoyt has competed in many marathons and triathlons and road races... Let me tell you what it totals up to. Ready? A total of 255 triathlons. That is six Ironmans, seven half Ironmans, and 22 duathlons. 72 marathons, which equal, which is 32 Boston marathons, eight 18.6 milers, 97 half marathons, one 20K, 37 10 milers, 35 foul mouths, 7.1 milers, one foul mouth in the falls, eight 15Ks, 218 10Ks, 165 milers, four 8Ks, 18 four, four milers, 161 5Ks, eight 20 milers, two 11Ks, one 7K, one 20 miler, two 11Ks, one 7K, one 20 mile, um, Bike for the buddies. Holy shit. I, I can't even fathom that amount of running and biking and cycling and everything, let alone do it. 
Like, that is an insane amount. I don't like to walk to my mailbox. It's insane. Dude, same. And it's four houses down. Oh, my God. Mine's a little bit far. It's seven minutes away. It's a seven-minute walk. And I'm like, meh, I'm going to drive my car over there. Like, what the fuck? So, I have to pass my mailboxes to get home from work. So, I stop on my way home from work rather than park my car in my driveway and walk four houses back. Exactly. Who among us? And yet, these motherfuckers. But you know what? Okay. So, I was... I'm going to finish my story in a minute, and I tried to type this quote, but Fridays are hard for me, and my brain is shuts down. I was telling Pod Hubby about this and telling him how amazing I thought Dick was, and my Pod Hubby says to me, this man is like, I can't tell you how much I love my husband, but like when he says things like this, I truly think he is amazing i'm telling him about this and i'm like he goes i don't understand what parent wouldn't do this for their child and i'm like well there's a lot of parents that wouldn't do this for their child and he says i would do this for someone that wasn't my child like if this was somebody that i knew and like they were like hey you know i want to try this and we did it and they loved it and they said that statement to me about how this makes me not feel handicapped, he goes, I would be like, hey, you want to keep doing it? And I would keep doing it for them. That's incredible. I'm like, and I just looked at him. I'm like, well, damn, I wouldn't do it for someone that's not my kid, but okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's incredible. I think that's a really good, it just shows you agreed. He's a fucking incredible person. I mean, good, good job putting a ring on it. If you know what I mean. I mean, it, but it's also like helping others is such a huge thing. You know, like it, it brings up a good point that it is a human community. Yeah. You know? So back to the Holtz. Hoyts. Yes. H-O-Y-T. Hoyts. Hoyts. Yes. Back to the Hoyts. In 1992, do you know what Team Hoyt did? You all you think all those other things were amazing? Oh, yeah. No, they did something even more amazing, I'm sure. Yes. They took a 3,770-mile trip across the U.S. through 18 states from the Santa Monica Pier in L.A. to the Marriott Long Wharf in Boston Harbor, Massachusetts. It took them 47 days. Wait, so they went across the United States? Yes. He was pushing a wheelchair? Yes. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So... I think that we can all agree what Rick done what Rick and has done is amazing and there is no way I can think or what Dick has done is amazing but when I think there's no way I can make you think that what he's done is more impressive I'm going to break this down for you the weight of Dick Rick and their equipment Dick weighs around 180 pounds. Their bike weighs around 70 pounds. Rick weighs about 100 pounds. So this totals around 350 pounds. This is almost 200 pounds more than the average triathlete and his bike. Holy shit. And they're doing this and competing. Like, actually competing. Yes. Like, we're not talking about like, oh, I did a thing. Which even of itself... 
is massive. It's but not competing. I did a thing one time. Right. It's I did a thing 500 times. It, like, yes, it's incredible. So in 2005, they weren't done. They created the Hoyt Foundation, Inc. to help other people with disabilities. Um, take part in athletic pursuits, promote and foster inclusion in everyday life, and raise disability awareness. Benefactors in their um, foundation include the Boston Children's Hospital, Easter Seals of Massachusetts, rehab resources, various summer camps, and therapeutic organizations, and their motto is, yes, you can. Mm. So Dick wrote a book about his life with Rick called It's Only a Mountain and devoted a father's love for his son. Rick wrote a book he co-authored with Todd Sivin, um, the Hoyt social media director, called One Letter at a Time. So the Hoyts have received many awards, including the induction into the Iron Man Hall of Fame, the Living Legends Awards from the Sports Museum of New England, a Certificate of, G- of Achievement, of the President's Council on Sports and Fitness, the Champion Sports Award from the Washington, D.C.-based Lombardi Foundation, the Parting Award from the Army National Guard, the Assemblary Father Award from the Office of the Mayor in Daytona, Ohio, and the Humanitarian Service Award from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. In 2013, the Boston Marathon, the 2013 Boston Marathon was supposed to be Team Hoyt's into their career, but the bombing prevented them from finishing the race. Are you serious? So they went back in 2014 for that to be their final race. Thank God, because fuck those fuckers who ruined that race. That was, they're disgusting human beings. So they do have a website. It's teamhoyt.com, T-E-A-M-H-O-Y-T.com. That's, I'm sure we can find out all about them and their foundation and everything. But I just thought Dick was the best. That is incredible. Like, I would have never, like, that that makes sense then. Because I was like, I know I've, that name sounds familiar, but not familiar enough to where you're like, oh, yeah, I can recall it right off the top of my head. But I just love how this also brings up the topic of we really shouldn't be surprised when people with disabilities do things us able people do. You know what I'm saying? Like ableism yes. is, and, and I, I, we all struggle with it cause we're able, right. Mm-hmm. That we underestimate people with disabilities. And I think it's gross. And I, I, even with this episode struggle with it, like thinking, how can this person do this? And it's like, of course they can do that. Why would I underestimate that person? You know what I mean? Like, and it's something we all struggle with is underestimating people with disabilities and it, the disabilities come in many forms. I mean, did he need help with these races? Yes, of course, of course he did. Of course. But you know what? His dad was there every step of the way and his dad was like, I'm not a runner, but you know what? This makes you feel like not have, like you don't have a disability. Well, I'm going to fucking be a runner now. Yeah. I'm a runner. She's a runner. She's a track star. <laughs> exactly. I know that song. <laughs> I mean, truly, it's incredible. And and 
please go follow and support them. And also let us know if anybody else is in this community that you know of. I mean, I think the Iron Man community is also very tight knit as well. I mean, because obviously not many people do Iron Mans for obvious reasons. You will never see me at Iron Man. Nor I, my friend. Ever. Ever. But please don't even invite me to cheer you on. Because that means I have to stand outside in the heat. And I'm not going to do that either. Oh, you won't? Because, like, honestly, you can also offer them, like, waters and stuff. And you can be under an umbrella having a mimosa, so... No, I will put your water in a cooler on the side of the road, and then I will be at the cafe having brunch with my mimosa (laughs) in the AC. Love you, smooches. Enjoy. Your water's on the side of the road in the cooler, because I'm going to be in the cafe having mimosas with brunch. I love it. I don't do the heat. Oh, man. As someone from Texas, agreed. Like, I spend the entire summer inside my air-conditioned home, and I only go out if I'm feeling like, oh, I might do a little bit of a read in the morning in the sunshine, but then after, like, an hour, I'm like, it's hot as balls. I'm inside. Forget it. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. No. I need to live somewhere where it's 70 year-round. Hawaii. California. No. Florida. No. (laughs) Hawaii. (laughs) Hawaii. Look out, Hawaii. Here we come. They're like, please don't. We don't want any more of y'all mainlanders. We don't want y'all. Y'all can stay where you're at. We don't want you here. (laughs) We promise we will totally respect your culture and we'll be very quiet. 100%. I will not bring my mainlander ways. God, no. I will adapt to you. 100%. We're going to Golden Girls it. So don't worry about it. We're self-contained. We're not going to do anything crazy. I don't leave my house, bro. Same. I curbside my groceries. I won't even go inside your store. Agreed. I'm 100% <laughs> the opposite of a Karen. Yeah. I will farm. I will have a macadamia nut farm. Ooh. God, how good are macadamia nuts? And pineapples. Ooh, yum. I will have one half macadamia nuts, one half pineapples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will stay inside my house. With coconut water. You wake up. Yes. You split open a coconut. Yes. Mm. I won't leave my house. I will curbside my groceries. We will podcast all by ourselves. We won't yeah. bother you. We'll be very quiet. Don't worry about us. I won't even bring my own car. I will buy one there and support your economy. Oh yeah, dude. We got you. Don't kick us out before Please we don't. get there. <laughs> it's so hot here. It's so hot. So hot. I won't even bring my husband because he says he won't live on a volcano. Well, then that's his issue. Exactly right. So <laughs> I come alone. I don't even bring the other half. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Happy anniversary. We love you. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.